Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. Uh, fascinating conversations throughout the day today. Uh, some great lessons of history uh, from Brian Kilmeade. Uh, Greg Hughes joined us, former Speaker of the House and uh, candidate for governor. Uh, also, if you dismissed our last segment uh, with Lois Collins from the Deseret News, losing touch, what six feet of safety costs us. Uh, you want to make sure you uh, go back and uh, pick that up. You can always do that, of course, on the KSL News Radio app. Make sure you got that downloaded on your phone. Brought to you by our friends at Any Hour Services. I've uh, been watching the text line today uh, in terms of what's going on, and, and an interesting one. Uh, one text uh, texter asked a really interesting question as it relates uh, to fear, and and are we promoting fear? And to me, it's it's really not about fear. We should have great confidence. Uh, this is not a time to cower in the corner. Uh, this is a time to be confident in one another, that we can do the right things. The state of Utah has shown that we can do this the right way, uh, that we don't need to be dependent on a, a big distant government to take care of things for us. We We know how to behave. And so we can start doing that. And we're starting to see things start to open up. I think people will gain confidence as we do that. And that will help us uh, actually make some progress in in terms of how we deal with this. And I I think that's some of the important conversation we've had today is that we fear often happens when we are presented with the fake fight and the false choice. Uh, And we always speak out against that on this program, that uh, it's it's not about a false choice. False choices always create fear, either fear of missing out or fear of losing something or fear of being taken advantage of. Uh, and we don't need any of that. Uh, what we need is we need facts, we need data, and then we can do uh, what we talked about uh, earlier this week, and that is can we differentiate between uncertainty and risk? Uncertainty often creates fear, and that's where our mind gets racing. Assessing risk uh, is different because you can say, okay, well, this might happen, this could happen, this could happen, and then based on that, I'm going to make a personal calculation uh, and go from there. We all do it every day when we get in the car. Uh, if we if we calculate it out and say, okay, the chances of me dying in a car accident are X. If I'm going 65 miles an hour, if I'm going 70, if I'm going 80, uh, those are all calculations and risks. Uh, we can get rid of all of that if we all decide to r- drive 10 miles an hour and, and drive Hummers. Uh, we could eliminate that risk, but we, we all make those calculations. And so to me, the important thing as we go through and we process news and information is making sure we get to the, the truth, make sure we get to data, make sure we get to science, and then that we make calculated risk. That's where courage really comes into play. 
uh, and that's how we actually do it. So I really appreciate that uh, that text message coming in, and, and I always want to hear what's on your mind and how you're processing what you're hearing. And you can always do that on the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, 57500. 57500, appreciate our texters. Uh, sometimes you keep me straight, sometimes you call me out, and uh, sometimes you disagree with each other, and I'm not sure where I am in the middle. But uh, we always want to hear what's on your mind and what you're hearing and what you're sensing. And most important, what you're seeing in your neighborhood, in your home, in your community, uh, because that's what connects us. Uh, and that's why KSL can be your all-day companion for news is because we can help you process, move, connect the dots, and hopefully help you make the news make sense so you can make good decisions for you, for your family, uh, and your community. All right, we're going to round out the program today uh, after talking with uh, Lois Collins from the Deseret News on how do we stay connected six feet away and what we're losing as we lose that sense of touch. And I think it's so important for us to look at all the ways that we can connect with other people. Uh, One of the most important things for me, uh, a a lesson learned, I should say, uh, is about compassion. Compassion is an incredibly connecting emotion. And we often miss it in the race and chase of our daily living a uh, number of years ago, uh, I was getting on a plane, small flight coming back from Palm Springs, uh, back here to Salt Lake City. I took my uh, traditional seat in the uh, exit row towards the back of the plane, and I was watching everybody get on the plane. And they had all been in Palm Springs for vacation and golf and parties and weddings, uh, spa treatments, all of those things. And I had been there for a whole weekend uh, on business. And I, I found myself watching all these people come in, very tanned, very rested. Uh, and I was getting a little resentful uh, because it seemed like I was the only person on the plane who had to work. <laughs> they were all just having fun. Uh, but I was pretty tired, pretty spent, and looking forward just to kind of dozing off as, uh, as we were getting ready to, to take off. And right as we were getting ready to close the cabin door and taxi out, I, I noticed there was a, a woman sitting in front of me, the row in front of me. And uh, this poor woman uh, was not having a good day. Uh, She was crying. She was clearly having a really hard time uh, just trying to keep it all together. And and I admit, at first, I I tried to completely ignore her. Uh, I attempted to focus on my book and my work and just trying to escape in thought. Uh, And then I had this moment as we were taken off as she was still just struggling to keep it together. Uh, it was one of the most overpowering feelings of compassion I've ever had. I'd never met this woman, uh, but suddenly I could feel the heaviness of her burden. I, I sensed the sting of whatever her loss was. Uh, I could understand and feel that she was in this cloud of confusion and racing thoughts. I could hear, I could hear these silent pleadings from her for peace and for strength. And I'm just sitting there in my seat on the plane, uh, and suddenly I'm crying. And I've got tears streaming down my cheeks, and I didn't even know why. Uh, The woman got up once we got uh, above 30,000 feet, and she went back to the restroom, and I kind of turned towards the window and and tried to pretend I was busy. Uh, But as she went by, I suddenly had this nudge, and I, I whipped out a piece of paper, and I started to write just a quick note. And my pen was just flying. And and this is basically what I wrote. I said, hey, I know sometimes a good cry on a bad airplane can be a good thing. 
uh, and other times it can be really isolating and create a lot of sadness and a lot of despair. Uh, and I continued, I, I, I wrote, if talking would help, I did tell the flight attendant I was willing to assist any passenger in the event of an emergency because I was, after all, sitting in the exit row, so I had to agree to that. And then I said, if talking isn't what you need today, then I just have a real simple prayer for you, and that is that somewhere in the quiet of today, you can recognize the greatness of your spirit and that your hopes will rise on the wings of possibility and that you'll realize above all that you're not alone. And then I just signed it, a fellow traveler. I folded the note and I I gave it to her. She went back to her seat and we went on with the flight. And just before we landed, just before we landed, she handed me a note back. And it was a a note of gratitude, uh, wondering how I knew what she needed. And after we landed, as we were getting ready to get off the plane, uh, we stood up and she just looked over and said, thank you. And she walked off. And as I walked through the airport that day, I, I found that I had been changed. Um, you know, two scribbled notes between two strangers at 35,000 feet uh, really provided an extraordinary experience in compassion. And there, there is a renewing power, a connecting power found in compassion. And it's that compassion that is the essence of who we are. And I think as we talk about this disconnect that we have physically from people, it's time for us to connect even more through compassion, uh, through our eyes, through the things that we say, through the things that we can do for others and around others. And we, we've had a number of years here with a lot of divisive rhetoric, a lot of dark predictions, a lot of discouraging societal trends. Uh, now we've added this pandemic to the mix, uh, and it's it's a challenge. And there is a need for people everywhere to have more compassion. Uh, we need to not just see the good in others. We just need to see others. And then we need to connect with that kind of compassion. Uh, Ogmandino said that uh, he would greet people in only one way. He said that he would look them in the eye, address them, and say, I love you. And then he said this. He said, those spoken in silence, these words will shine in my eyes, unwrinkle my brow, bring a smile to my lips, and echo in my voice, and his or her heart will be open and feel my compassion. And that's the test for us today. While we physically can't touch, while we've got a six-foot window to deal with, We can connect in a lot of other ways. I suggest you give compassion a try on a Wednesday. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on KSL's Inside Sources. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure that you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and above all, do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.